when the Event Horizon, a spacecraft that vanished years earlier, suddenly reappears, a team is dispatched to investigate the ship. Accompanied by the Event Horizon's creator, William Weir, the crew of the Lewis and Clark, led by Captain Miller, begins to explore the seemingly abandoned vessel. However, it soon becomes evident that something sinister resides in its corridors, and that the horrors that befell the Event Horizon's previous journey are still present. This week on Copulators Die First, we cover 1997's Event Horizon. Boo. hot is it in ohio it is hotter than a 10 peckered billy goat in the fucking south okay i don't know what that means but that means it's hot so it's so fucking hot um we had two claps of thunder clap them cheeks um not enough in my opinion i need like a whole hearty like um like tea storm to be satisfied apparently it's not gonna rain here until like Wednesday, but we have heat advisory until then, and it's like almost 100% humidity and 90 degrees. That's what it's like here. It's fucking disgusting. And Leanne texted me from upstairs because I'm working downstairs today, and she was like, hey, can you do me a favor? And I was like, anything. Kind of. (laughs) She was like, do you want to go get ice cream later? And I was like, fuck yeah, I do. But do I have to put a bra on? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's. I went out as as you are aware. Yeah. My my, my betrothed um, mm, husband. He doesn't have the flu because he got a flu test, but we're still waiting on the COVID results. But like based on his symptoms, it doesn't seem like COVID. Um, but you never know. Yeah, so we have to wait at least a week for his results. But so he is infirmed, and we were about to record, and then he was like, "Hey, could you get me Gatorade?" And I was like, "Yes, I can do that." Um, I too am drinking Gatorade, so I understand his pain. But that's because like I went to the grocery store and they were on super sale. They were like buy ten and you get them for sixty nine cents. 
Oh, well. So it was like, well. <laughs> yeah, no, he definitely needed some electrolytes because yesterday he was really like going through it with like chills and I don't know. He was sore and he had a low grade fever and then he woke up with a low grade fever today, but now he doesn't have it anymore. He needs electrolytes. So I get it. But I had to go outside and I was like, oh my God. Um, what is this? But is like a Gatorade better or worse than a soda? I'm trying to drink less soda, but I don't know if I'm doing like more damage to myself well, by drinking a Haterade. I don't know. I mean, Gatorade clearly is formulated for like hydration. That's what I'm saying. I had a body armor yesterday. I don't even know what that is. It's like it's like it's like a Gatorade, but it's like um maybe better for you and it was fucking tasty. I was having the worst bout of dehydration yesterday, like after having driven 5 hours, I was like listen, I need like a Gatorade, a body armor, a gallon of water, like yeah. 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 Yeah, no. I mean I we're definitely drinking a lot less soda consciously because we also don't want to ruin our lifespan any more than we already have. I just don't want my kidneys to hurt from all that sugar. <laughs> here's here's like honestly But I love Coke, man. Like Coke I love a ice cold, icy cokey Coke. We we turned back to Diet Coke and like I know like yeah, it's zero calories and like did we're you doing get it with weight. The lime? No, it was just the regular old stuff. Right. But you know, we're doing Weight Watchers, and um, so it's like, oh, zero calorie, blah blah blah. But like, I know it's not like it, it would be healthier to just have a regular Coke, even though it's like four points or whatever. Yeah, but um, like mm, zero cal, but like cancer, cancer, but like you'll be thin. So, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, cancer would also make me thin. So maybe I But it, you wouldn't maybe... have that good hair. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, life I Lo siento, I don't know. Adulthood is just figuring out life after not having to think about it as a child because now now you have to think about it. Um Mostly mostly my mental illness is like you're not going to make it past 21, so I guess we'll figure it out after that if we get there. I just, like, don't... I don't have any shits to give. Like, here's the other thing. Uh, Sable is now with us in our home. and In our hearts. And she is here sleeping next to me on the couch, which is her favorite place to be. Oh, as of, my God. As of late. Um, and when I say as of late, I mean she's been with us for a total of eight days. And since... Uh, Friday night, she has clung to me like, you know, a dryer sheet to the laundry, which I love because Arthur was always the favorite dad with Luca because Luca knew him before we actually sure. like fully adopted him and stuff. And I like kind of feel bad because Arthur just wants to give all the love to her, but she's still fucking insane right now. That's fair. because yeah, she's only been with us for a week and she's two years old, and, and she's she a baby, and she has teeth, and 
We didn't think about the fact that she was going to like to chew on things. Um, she's a big chewer. So I ordered her a bunch of chew toys, but they're not here yet. But I'm hoping that that will help with her attention issues because she likes the toys that she has now. She really likes to sleep with them. Um, but she has nothing to really get out her like teeth aggression on. Sure. Um, so Did you get her a Bork box? No. Oh, okay. Um, we like we didn't know what we were gonna do because like we bought a harness, we bought we bought a collar. The collar is actually a little bit smaller uh, than we were hoping because she's a little bit bigger than we thought, which is fine. Um, but uh, like she's mostly an angel baby and she listens really well but like she's also insane and she can flip on a dime because she is still not used to this environment as much as I think because I have lived here for many a year and she's been here for a week and she's also from the south like it's slower down there (laughs) yeah I forget I forget all of these things very quickly and then I'm just like come on come on come on like I had to walk her twice this morning before 10 a.m. to get her to do anything. And like... Not even a number one? No. I don't know <sighs> what it is. She is a fucking camel. Oh, my God. As soon as I wake up, the dogs are like, I have to one real bad. Zero one. Zero no. one. It's like, she... Like, I mean, now she does mostly one and two together whenever oh, we go good. out. Oh, good. Everybody but- loves a three. But like, but oh, ahaha, man, <laughs> yo. Um, but like before that, she would just do a two, and then she would like do only one pp a day, and it was like how, how, how. And again, she's only been with us for eight days. So like when I say, like based on limited experience with her, but she is certainly warmed up significantly to us, and she really likes her beds. And she's pretty respectful of our things, but she is really big on grabbing stuff that she thinks are toys, which is everything. So um, I really have to get on uh, putting shoes in our storage thing that we bought specifically knowing that we would have a dog um, and shoes cannot be everywhere. But I mean, overall, she's very respectful. So anyway, my, my point is, it is humid and 90 degrees. Baby girl went to the bathroom at like nine o'clock this morning. She cannot go out again until like seven or eight because she will die. It's so hot. And you'll have to put like booties on her feet so they don't get burned. Like, right. And uh, like, on, too and hot. here's the other thing. Like she, well, like, so, so the other thing that you already know, but no one else knows. Uh, and when I say no one else, I mean, listening to this podcast is that she has a tapeworm which is annoying because she's supposed to be like, you know, top bill of health when we got her. But I, you know, begrudgingly understand that probably the tapeworm wasn't detected when they did her last fecal before we picked her up because, you know, the period of it growing inside of her and all the things. But we know she doesn't have fleas because she's been on frontline for like three months. But she was well, that's also good. She was also living with other dogs and like who knows what the fuck is going on. So anyway, I think the meds for the tapeworm are making her like a little bit constipated. Um 
but she's like finally coming around to everything and she's not having like nervous poos anymore where there's like blood or you know loose um loose poops apparently this has become a um dog poop discussion podcast now but is that um, fit is this like the genetics with uh nick charles like crossover episode we're talking about poop talking about poop there's dna (laughs) in your poop um yeah speaking of dna allison got her um ancestry dna back oh tell me what she is comprised of um sorry i was taking a sipple of my haterade it's fruit punch it's okay um so as we know we have uh germanic europe which is mostly what she's made of yeah but it's also like midwestern german um apparently i have like second and third fourth cousins that live an hour away from me that i don't know Mm-hmm. um english and welsh because we're white um swedish and french okay so just like so, so much so white, white. very yeah. white marshmallow that's, that's that is why i look the way i do and my dad is so brown right because like it was like it's like take your dad and put white out on top it's like if you took my dad and like he's like um he's like a mocha coffee and then you just add like a fuck ton of my mom's creamer just like Bleh. yeah just like goat milk from the farm in in old europe you know just like pour yeah. all that shit in just a ton of oat milk even you know um, um, we did get compliments from our good friend Yaz about our milk talk last week, so maybe we should have a milk talk podcast. I love, I love milk. So. <laughs> I even told Casey, I was like, Nick is a monster, and I've seen him legitimately drink milk as like a bev. And I will say this, <laughs> I, I've, I, I've done this many a time in yester month, but. <laughs> <laughs> we're on Weight Watchers now, sweaty, so we can't be doing that no more. Well, I mean, here's maybe the, the thing. oat milk. Well, I so 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 here here's what I will say about cow's milk and other animal uh, other juices. Um, I really love cow milk. I was raised on drinking it with my meals, and because my parents weren't big cooks, I had a lot of cereal for breakfast. Um, And because I'm a monster person that usually warped into like three bowls of cereal and then drinking the milk Uh, and all the things. Um, I I fucking love cereal. I fucking love cereal. I'm pretty sure like my top three foods are pizza. This is not in any particular order because this fluxes at any given mm -hmm. time. Pizza, an Italian sub. Mm. Mm. And cereal. I heavily base any restaurant based on their Italian sub. If it's trash, the rest of their food is trash. I mean, can can we unpack sub sandwiches for a second? Um, I've had this conversation with you prior, and a sub is a... Maybe it wasn't even you, but I'm pretty sure it was. But I have talked to my friend Andrew, who is a chef, that a sandwich, a sub is the epitome of culinary beauty. I mean, it's just it if you if you're a good sandwich maker, you really have to know what you're doing. Like if That's you That's why make they a, call them sandwich artists. Yeah, and like and you know, like 
Subway, that that's a controlled environment. That doesn't count. But like a local deli, like yes, queen. Like and you know, I'm sure like shredded lettuce versus not shredded lettuce, like shreddus, I think they call it. Ooh. Like Or like I prefer spinach. Oh. I don't like shredded lettuce. It feels like a waste to me. Well, see, I'm a really big fan of shredded iceberg. One, because it's cool and crisp. And two, because if I'm getting like, especially if it's an Italian sub sandwich, yeah. there's got to be oil and vinegar. And uh, you, know, uh. you, know for, you, you know for a fact in that oil and vinegar is also going to be some type of Italian quote unquote Italian herb blend. Oh, like an oregano, um, a salt, a pepper, or garlic? Yes, I'm right. living. Yes. And so so the way the sandwich should be constructed, in my opinion, is that within the layers, the lettuce is there to act not only as a cool and crispy element, but a sponge for the dressing. No, no, sir. No, no, sir. That bread has to be soggier than the day I was born. Like, well, so, Yeah, no, the lettuce is like the backup sponge. You know what I mean? Oh, sure, sure, sure. Um. Like, the and intermittent, like, like, you're not going to put a third slice of bread. So I no, get what you're saying. No, but, like, also, like, I don't hate it if there's so much shreddice on it that some of it falls off, but it's dressed from the dressing, and I can almost eat it like a hand salad if I really wanted to, you know? Um, oh, like got... a wrap? Like, you could do, like, a lettuce wrap if you feel sassy. That'd be yeah, good. Yeah, no. But, I mean, I like. Mean, that's not my jam, but, like, I get right. it. Right. But like the and the bread has to be a specific type of bread. It has to be um, like a crusty Italian or like a baguette. Yeah, it just it can't be it can't be like hard French baguette. Like that's not gonna work for me. No, uh, I don't want the roof of my mouth to hurt. It already does because I burnt it on pizza yeah. yesterday like a piece of shit. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. I'm gonna eat um, ice cream. It's fine. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, I'm also a big fan of like a ciabatta. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, or like a focaccia, man. Or a focaccia, Ooh, bitch. But bitch. like, <laughs> and then like, I also, I also want my sliced tomato, but it can't be no. too thick. Like, it needs. I to don't be like a, a sliced, sliced tomato, tomato, but I like bruschetta. See, I like my veggies on the sandwich, and there's also got to be onion. It can be. I red. like an onion. I just don't yeah. like the texture of tomato. Like, if it's a whole mm-hmm. tomato, I don't care for that. Right. And like, I don't know how you feel about this, but it can be red onion or it could be white onion. I don't discriminate. I, I don't discriminate either. I'm fine um, with either. And then like, if we're talking about the construction, then after whatever vegetables or whatever are on the sandwich, then it's got to be the cheese. Yeah. But hear me out. How about like a sun-dried tomato or like, oh, yeah, or, like I mean, those like, sun-dried peppers? Sun-dried I like like roasted red peppers or yeah. okay both. all right both are good or both because and you know those babies are like real oily too if you're getting yeah. it yeah only if you're getting it you know if it's like if it's like from the right place because some some people use like uh roasted red peppers in water and it's like why mm. are you a horrible person like i don't know if this is still accurate but back in the day Antonio's in Springfield used to have a bomb ass sandwich. Um, I don't even know if I know where Antonio's is. It's right on the loop, like you're heading to uh, like you're heading to Union to go to that Target and that Home Depot that's over mm-hmm. there, and the Best Buy and the Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. Like by where my mom is. Yeah. 
that Antonio's Mozzarella Factory. Mm, oh, oh, Antonio's have, Mozzarella. Yeah, yeah, dude. They used to have a they used to have a bomb Italian sandwich, and not yeah, because no. their name's Antonio's, but because they're a Mozzarella Factory. Um, yeah, can confirm they still have it. Yeah, they. they it was they the did not lose their groove. My mom was a big fan of their. Um, they're not fucking only the, pricey. So pricey, but you know my mom. She feels like things are only good if you pay money for them. Camille, listen. Um, <laughs> I while, agree to a certain extent, but like to, exactly that's how I, that's how I feel extent. about food. But like you're in New Jersey, and specifically you're in a rather Italian part of New Jersey. People are gonna be monsters and upprice you. But like their their mozzarella is delicious. But my mom was like in love with their chicken cutlet sandwich. Oh, it's so good. Um it is but, so so yeah, good. No, they they but it's they, like fifteen dollars. Yeah, and it's like not big enough to really be worth fifteen dollars, but like oh. you know, if you're like on your lunch break and you want something special, like sure go ahead. But I I will argue and I don't think you will disagree, uh, but correct me if I'm wrong here, that you could just drive like another what five ten minutes land yourself in front of the milburn deli i was literally about to say milburn deli soprano sandwich iced tea the the iced tea bitch the, the iced, iced tea, tea bitch um i'm not like a fan of like a new jersey sloppy joe because it's too much mayo for me i will always <laughs> have a place in my heart for the new jersey sloppy joe but i completely understand that is a very much like you love it or you don't type of sandwich um but anything from there, like anything. anything. I've literally never, <clears throat> never had a bad experience at the Milburn Deli in Milburn, yeah. New Jersey, ever in my entire life. The Gobbler, dude, if you want like a turkey sandwich, fuck yeah. Yes. And speaking of turkey, I was just thinking about this. I don't know the name of the place and I don't even know if it's there anymore. But on the other side of Springfield, like by... Um, uh Sandmeyer. For sure. Um and like a block or so. I don't remember do you remember Samantha Betcher and where her family lived? I sure do. She had COVID. Oh no. Yeah, um, I saw that on Facebook. Well I hope she's okay now. But yeah. um there was a very small deli on the corner a couple blocks from her. Yes. Um that green one, right? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It was like the I, green diamond or some shit like that. I know well, exactly what one you're talking about, yeah. but like, but they, they had weird hours, and I've never been. Really, really weird hours, but they had the best, like, homemade turkey breast that, like, I ever had in my life. And they would make this sandwich that was literally just pile of the turkey and, like, mayo if you wanted it. And like that was it, and it was like delicious. It was the, it was so amazing. And they also, they they had their own um, house made iced tea as well, which was uh, good, but not as good as the Milburn Deli. I don't know what's in that <laughs> Milburn Deli iced tea. I think it's cocaine. Um, and then I mean it's Milburn, so mm, a designer Probably. drugs, you know. <laughs> um, but then also, and if no one knows what we're talking about, Milburn is a hoity-toity, pricey town. Um, but they also, I think it was this turkey place. They it was had so like, hoity-toity. It had its own Hagen Dazs. 
this is true. This is very true. Um, when like Hagen Doss wasn't like it wasn't like it was not a thing to have like a Hagen Doss store. Like I've never seen one other than that one. <laughs> like honestly, yeah, I don't think it still really is a thing. But like, um, my mom used to go in there and strong arm the employees into giving her like their hot fudge in a container to take home. I mean, I don't blame her because it is Hagen Doss, but um. This turkey place also had like the best macaroni salad. Or am I remembering this wrong? And it was also the Milburn jelly. I'm not really sure. But no, story... I believe I've heard I, I believe you are correct because I have heard that about that yeah. place. I've just never been because the hours are stupid weird. It was really weird. I just remember my <laughs> mom making me wake up at the crack of dawn on a summer morning to go there and get the sandwiches. Pool? To then eat them at home in our backyard, like two hours later, um, but it was amazing and delicious. Um, so yeah, I mean, long story short, we lived in a deli mecca. Um, there, like, there aren't delis here the way there are in the metropolitan area. Like, yeah, they just and, don't. It doesn't translate. Yeah, and and I'm their really- urgency is not there. The urgency, people need to understand, like, I get, like, I will say this, I've come to visit you multiple times now in Ohio, Ohio has its very own specific charm, Um, I like the charm of Ohio, um, but it's still not like there's mom and pop shops everywhere, it's like mom and pop shops sprinkled in with chain restaurants aplenty, um, but like the food store is different in Ohio. Like, and it's probably the same way in other parts of the country as well, where like you don't just go to the food store to get like what you're stocking your house with. Like you can get meals at the food store. Oh yeah. Um oh yeah. And that's really not the case here in like New York, New Jersey. It definitely is the same in like Pennsylvania where we both went to college. Yes. Um but yeah, it's so interesting how things can be. And like the other thing about Ohio is like Ohio is very, um, I don't know if concerned is the right word, but they're they're all about making sure that not necessarily mom and pop restaurants, but just mom and pop businesses are where you go to do things. Like they're very small business centric, to be honest. Yeah, and like because like in, here in New York, like if I want an oil change, I have to either go to the car dealership where I got my car, or like a Meineke. Like I yeah, wish, no, I can go anywhere. Right, like I wish that there was like a mom and pop garage that would do it for probably half the price and like very well, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's I, we just had like a whole geographical conversation. But like, this is the United States of food that we live in, people. Um, but also, we're gonna be talking about space for like twenty minutes. So that's true. so we needed to ground <clears throat> ourselves. Yeah, and yeah. this this was ultimately our Judy talk, not only about deli sandwiches, but just the world as a whole. Um, I'm homesick for deli sandwiches, girl. I mean. <laughs> the next time I'm allowed to drive more than an hour, <laughs> um, I'm not I know. sure. I'll probably like, see you next year, to be honest. I, yeah, like I don't know who, like Arthur and I, like Arthur has a couple job interviews coming up. Like, I'm not concerned about him finding a job after graduation, but like we would love to like 
we've been talking about this for weeks. Just get an Airbnb. Like, doesn't have to be, like, somewhere far from here, but just, like, a different environment, like, where we can go and not be in our house. And, like, <clears throat> there's a few confounding factors here. One, Arthur doesn't have a job yet, and it would be good for him to have a job because hashtag two household income again would be fantastic. Um, but two, we have a poor little lady here that's only been with us for eight days and, like, um, like we've taken her in the car a lot. She is great in a car. Like within five minutes, she is laying down and sleeping like, bitch, I don't give a shit. Um, which I love, but like at the same time to then be like, we're going to go to this Airbnb for like a week or whatever to like, make it worth it. Like to go a couple of nights doesn't really make sense. Like, but whatever, um, like let her settle in and all those things. And now Arthur's sick. So it's like, everything's on hold because like does he have covid does he not i don't know hopefully he doesn't but our doctor also said that regardless because his flu test was negative and he has like muscle aches and things like that that are semi-flu like symptoms we should self-isolate ourselves for two weeks like the new york state mandate says so now we're not going anywhere for two weeks anyway wahoo but also, uh, you should look into this website. Web, website at uh, the website. The website. A web a website called Swimply, and uh-huh. it's like Airbnb but for people's swimming pools. Oh, my, that's literally one of the only reasons we are even discussing this is because we want to find an Airbnb with a fucking pool where I can just walk outside into the this rich person's backyard that's charging me like $150 a night maybe hopefully not that much but we'll see um and have a fucking pool because yeah. so look listeners... in swiftly and then you won't have to do it that way <sighs> swiftly I'm writing this down right now but also swimply. listeners s-w-i-m-p-l-y oh girl yeah. girl non-spons fucking... but wish I could but these fucking people and their fucking startups like why <sighs> You know what I mean? Just like why why can't we have an idea that sticks and blows up and I got a good one. I got a good one. It's about an app. All right. Well, we should probably talk about it. About it's an app for public bathrooms, I'm just saying. Ooh. Oh. Okay. That sounds intriguing because I know you. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> because I have to pee everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, for people who don't know, um, I, I want to preface this by saying I was not raised rich, but my father liked to pretend that he was, um, which led to him stealing my identity while I was in college to pay the bills of our household. But that's another story completely. Um, when we you can moved- follow that story on genetics, <laughs> gene that's, therapy with yeah, Charles. Yeah, let's be on. Maybe I'll maybe I'll talk about that <laughs> on, what, on my what's therapy the genetics podcast. behind what's the genetics behind that bullshit? What are the genetics behind having a sociopathic father? I don't know. Let's talk. I don't. About it. I don't know either. Maybe our um, dad should be in gene therapy together. Girl, they would be <laughs> quick friends. Actually, quick friends. no. They'd be friends for a minute, and then they turn on each other and hate each other. Like, let's be immediately. honest. Immediately. Immediately. Um, but so our our house in Springfield, New Jersey, had an in-ground pool. And it was the coolest thing. Like, we had every birthday party for me and my sister in the backyard. Just put up some streamers. Put on the radio. Perfect. Wonderful. 
Arthur and I started dating. We started going to the pool on the weekends during the summer. It was the perfect little getaway, an hour away. We still had Luca. We'd bring him for a bulldog. That motherfucker loved the water so much. Um, it was a good time for everybody. My parents had a grill. We would grill up some things and have a lovely Sunday meal. Um, and then everything exploded and my homosexual father and my mother who was being ultimately emotionally abused by him finally got a divorce mainly because we found out that my father stole my identity and my mother's identity sorry to put all this out there mother but it's true and you only heal through talking about it so there you go but anyway um, I miss that fucking pool. <laughs> I miss I miss that fucking pool and like having never been inside of it, but I like knew I, it was there. You were in the backyard a couple of times, but you never went in the pool. I don't think I was ever in the backyard. I think I was strictly a basement friend. Oh, that's so weird. I <laughs> like because obviously that like it wasn't like oh Ashley's a basement friend. It was just like I think that was the way. Honestly, it was just so hot all the time. Yeah, it was so fucking hot. It was the summer. Like, you want to be in the basement because it was an underground basement. So it was always really cool. And, like, also, what were we doing? We were eating down, we were eating pepperoni pizza uh, stuffed crust from Pizza Hut and playing video games or watching horror movies. And then my sister would come and, like, watch us kill zombies. And it was a good time. And then we would go to your house and just, like, do the same thing. Have the same thing, but then, like, also just have, like, a full-on conversation with your entire family, which was, like, my favorite thing in the world. Because your family was just always together all the time, which was, like, one of my favorite things about going to your house. Because, um, obviously, Drea, friend of the pod, is, like, also a beautiful human being. Um, And we would just, like, have fucking fun-ass time. Um, We always had good snacks. And there were snacks. There was. We never had money. Like as an adult, I realized like we never had money, but we always had good snacks. Like how'd she finagle that? I don't know, but it is a skill. That that's like such a that's like such a a good mom skill. It's it's a good mom skill, but it's specifically a mother of the '90s or 2000s. Um, Mildred would be so happy to hear you say that. Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm pretty sure your mother knows that I adore her. And I do, I do wish that my mom would, like, venture out into the world a little bit more and realize that she has potential friends at her fingertips via her children. Um, but, you know, my mom's doing her own thing, and she's allowed to do that because... Um, I had a full-on conversation la- yesterday about my mom's nighty problem. Uh-huh. And how she would just, like, hang out with us in her nighty. <laughs> she she did, but it was fine. It was great. Yeah, it was no big deal. Don't mind me, guys. I'm going to bed. But th- that's the thing. Like, she was, like, prepared to... She was always... She was prepared to go to bed. Like, so, like, on, on the drop of a dime, it was like, this is my time. Goodbye. She um, knew her exit. She had one. She always yeah. had an exit strategy, and I think that's where I don't get it from. Yeah. Um... But, but event yeah. horizon, how about that shit? Yeah, so um, now we have grounded ourselves on this earth and this plane that we share as a human race. Um, and now let's go to space um, in the semi-near future of 2047 or something like that. Yeah, it was 2047. So um, 2015, something happened. 
Um, the beginning credits were kind of fast. But yeah, um, like, basically what happened is this ship kind of like disappeared into Neptune's space. Yeah. Um, I, I want to say something and I'm just going to say it. Um, Event Horizon is Hellraiser in space. Yeah. It fucking is Hellraiser in space. Um, on multiple levels. One, <laughs> the, sh- the ship went to hell and came back possessed. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it did. Two, and more importantly, um, the main guy, Sam Neil, Sam Neil, Mr. Be- Weir, be- basically becomes space Hellraiser because the ship possesses him. But and- like, it happens at the drop of a hat. Like, there is literally nothing yeah. happening in that movie until. I'm not joking. The last 30 minutes well, where exactly. Sam Neill becomes space Hellraiser. Yeah. 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 And exactly. It, it all happened way too far in. Like, and, and I, here's the I thing. Here's the thing. Third reason this movie is Hellraiser in space. Nothing happened the whole time. And That's the fair. plot. The plot is there, but poorly weaved together and also poorly explained. Um, and the reason I had... This was my suggestion. Because uh, you view. like Hellraiser and you like space. Well, I do love I do love Hellraiser. Um, I didn't love this movie. I never... Neither of us saw this movie prior to doing this episode of Copulators Die First. Um, but... I was like, let's do this movie because Event Horizon was like the the movie on everybody's lips as of late. Like, there's been talks about it. There's been, like, retrospectives on it. And I was like, it's got to be at least pretty good. Like, it's 1997. So, like, space is, like, the the, the place to be, you know. Also, like, super high budge. Super high budge. Um... Like, this is, like, the second space boom. Like, there was the first space boom with Alien. Um, This is, like, the tail end of that space boom. Um, Because we had Independence Day around the same time. Right. And a good movie. Um, Excellent movie. But here's the thing that that places uh, Independence Day apart from uh, Hellraiser in space. Um things happen we actually have characters that we develop relationships with um everyone's not a robot um yeah so i yeah i was confounded that it was like what and then but i am going to say a thing that i am glad that the one guy hopper maybe the flight tech engineer. Uh huh. He was the like one of two like people of color on the ship. Correct. Yeah. He didn't yeah. die. He didn't die, and I will say his character was clearly supposed to be the comic relief, but it, like wasn't spun in like a total like you're only here for this reason type of way. Um, and they like definitely made him a trope. Oh yeah, but like him. And the doctor girl were really the only two survivors. So we have a woman and a man of color 
being the survivors. And ultimately, our protagonist is also a man of color. Um, so th- fancy that young fancy Lawrence that Fishburne. This yeah, Lawrence Fishburne. I why did you do this movie? I can understand why at the time they were like, this is going to be great for your career. Like, this is so different. Blah, blah, blah. Um, Did this do well with critics or not? Um, like... I know the Rotten Tomatoes score is, is not good. Well, yeah. So, um... Not, no. Not I don't really. remember this being in theaters either. Not at all. I mean, it was 97, so, like, I was in the height of my original Spice Girls fandom craziness. Me um, too. And... Can we do an episode where we just cover Spice World? Uh, yeah, that's my favorite movie of all time. So. It's, it's agreeable. It's one of my favorite movies. So I will say this. 27% on Rotten Tomatoes. Trash. 30, 35% on Metacritic. Okay. Um, 6.7 on IMDb. And then, you know, those Google users, they always yeah. love their shit. 85% like this movie based on Google what? users. Um, and, like, the thing is, you look at the reviews for this movie, and they're all generally very positive. And when I say reviews, I mean user-generated reviews. Um, but, yeah, like... There's nothing ostensibly horrible about this movie. It's just like it, it, it seems like they made this to be a money horse. I um, think so, and I don't think it did well in the race. And I am trying to find information about that. Okay, ready. So, so the budget was sixty million U.S. Oof. The box office was only twenty-six million. So, yikes! Did not make its money back. Yikes! Um. It's not the first time Sam Neill's played a villain either. Yeah. And, like, here's the other thing about Sam Neill being the villain. Like, we all know if you know his face, you're like, oh, that's that guy. Yeah. He he plays creepy, psychologically alternative people very well. But for him to go from, like, being the obsessive creator of the ship that suddenly comes back out of nowhere... And is like drawn to it to like literal space hellraiser, like pinhead dude. Yeah. Without the pins. It was an abrupt change of situation that made absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. Um, he had no and, eyes. Yeah. He had no, he had no eyeballs. Like that was the whole thing about this movie. So Arthur had seen this when like it first came about. And he was like, I'm not going to watch it with you. Like, I think you guys should do an episode on it, but I'm not watching it with you <laughs> because it's because it's so gory. And I was like, what? Bitch, I watched all the Saw movies. Um, and, like, that's the other thing. Like, not just you and I, but, like, other horror podcast hosts, the horror community at large. We are, as a whole quite desensitized because of the last 10 years of horror films um but this movie was also not that gory but they had this weird fascination with people having no eyeballs like a lot like nobody had eyeballs yeah like Like, they they even said like where we're going we don't need to see right and it's like so like were they in this pitch meeting like guys like i have a great idea 
you know what you know what movies haven't had a lot of in recent years people with no eyeballs we got to maximize on this right now no eyeballs people need to not have them um and then like like the other thing is a lot of this movie is told through essentially insinuation and not outright telling you what's going on and uh spoiler alert that don't work <laughs> um because you can't tell story without story um and that's what they kind of tried to do and like the only reason this movie is really hellraiser in space is one because um space hellraiser happens and two we get like literally what 10 seconds of flashes of people being tortured oh yeah like that's it there's nothing else but like it's 100% like these people are not dead they're in an alternate universe question mark being tortured by some evil oh so you mean like the xenobites and they're like torturing people and like that's what they do cool hellraiser in space period um but then like i was i don't know about you i was super confused about sam neill's wife situation uh yeah trigger warning there is displays of uh you know suicide not correct not, not a fan of that not a fan of that but also up until the point that they showed that i was 100 percent like confidently convinced that the oh, one of the major reasons why he wanted to go back to the event horizon ship that has now popped up in you know neptune's orbit out of nowhere after years of being missing is that his wife had been on the ship that's what i thought too because they kind of make it seem like that and then it's like oh no jk she was never there she committed suicide in their bathtub in their space apartment. Um, space so apartment. Space apartment. Also. I would watch that. I would watch a space apartment movie. But um, how long ago did this happen? They never really tell you. Like, gee, um, thanks for telling us you were going to put someone slitting their wrists in a bathtub on film. Cool. But then also, I understand you're mourning your wife's death. Um but why does he have literally 10,000 pictures of her in the apartment? Um, crazy. Um, in my opinion. Like, that was, like, what are you doing? Like, also, I get it. Also, this movie gave me uh, Dead Space feels. Totally. Absolutely. Um, I just... It's like, who is the villain here? Oh, wait. Evil is the villain. And evil has possessed a mechanical thing, that being the ship itself. Um, and now the ship is evil. And the evilness manifests through the hyperdrive, where they have weird black tar goop portals that take you to the hellraiser scape where you will be tortured forever because you're stuck there now um with the space xenobites i guess 
Um, I don't know. Uh, that's what I got out of this. And um, otherwise, it's a lot of a group of people with thinly veiled backstories running around space corridors being spooked. Um, and like, that's where I got the that's where I got the dead space feels from. Yeah, and it's also it's like spooked light, you know. Yeah, um, like on a scale of spook factors, I would give this like a three, three yeah. out of ten. Three out of ten yeah. spooks. Like when Arthur was all like, "I can't watch this movie. It's gonna be gross and gory." I was like, "Bitch, where?" Um, oh, those ten seconds of flashes. Into... I also thought it was weird in their dialogue that they were referring to each other as like, this is Mr. Justin. Yeah. Um, and they it were had just no like... consequence for me. It was just odd. Yeah, no, it was. They, I think th- one of the other issues with this group of individuals, and this is more so an issue with the writing and or directing of this film um, more than anything else, is that all the humans weren't capable of like interacting with each other in like a normal way. Like, I don't know. These are humans which have now been living out in outer space for like years and years and years. So we don't know the psychological ramifications of that. Um, And perhaps the, the part of the psychological ramifications of ultimately that separation of humanity from earth and each other, because now you're living in space apartments and things like that is that we all lose our like baseline social skills. I don't think I would argue that that's completely out of the realm of possibilities here, but more than anything else, because that's giving this movie a lot of credit. The writing was just meh. Um, yeah, it wasn't great, but it wasn't, like, the worst thing I've ever heard. No, and then, like, they were also, they were, like, super obsessed with, like, always being in um, the, uh, what what what's the room in the spaceship where, like, there's, like, the flight stuff and, like, the captain sits in the chair, the hull or whatever. Yeah, uh, I totally know what you're talking about, the bridge. The bridge. Like, they were they were always, like, we need to be in the bridge. Why don't we are in the bridge? Get to the bridge. Bridge, bridge, bridge. Um, um, I would like to know a word count on how many times the, the term bridge is in this film. Yeah. And then, and then I also, I'd like to sit down with Sam Neill's character and ask him, ultimately, why, when he was designing this Event Horizon ship, which, like, do they ever touch upon the fact that an event horizon is like the space right outside a black hole where like everything is silent and unmoving. No, they never mentioned that. Okay. Because I'm pretty sure in my mind they hadn't. And then I looked that up afterwards and I was like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. But like, so this, this ship is just named event horizon. Right. Um, and I really want to talk to his character about why did you design the ship? with basically a giant bridge in the middle of the two important parts where the bridge is just lined with explosives. Um, That seems like not a fantastic call on his part. And I know that ultimately it was like a big story point that like they needed to blow up the bridge and separate themselves from the, 
like the core because it's possessed and blah blah blah. Um, but the it, lifeboats chill, and the, yeah, and the lifeboats are on one end. Like it just it didn't make sense. Like what? There's I feel like there's. There's More. also like there's also like a ton of information that Sam Neill like neglected to give this team. Oh yeah. Like they were already on their way to Neptune when he finally even said the first thing about what where they were going. Yeah, he's like, Oh, it's top secret. We can't really talk about it. But like, um, it might have gone to hell and back, literally, and that's why it doesn't work anymore, because the crew is literally just like literally turned inside out. Um, sorry about that, guys. I was just, like, uh, yeah, sorry, hoping sorry. to do nothing. Yeah, like, uh, and also, I, yeah, I was just, I was like, wait, so, like, they're just about to go into hypersleep, like, in their weird fishbowl things, um, like, literally in the next five minutes, and, like, oh, by the way, when you wake up, we'll be near Neptune by a ship that has disappeared for, like, I don't know how long. It was but, like, seven years. Yeah, like, don't worry about it, though. Like, totally... Totally chill. Don't worry about it. Um, also, I was led to believe that maybe his wife was on the ship the whole time and he didn't want to say that. But that wasn't even a fucking plot point. So, yeah, like, fuck this uh, thing. Because, like, they, th- again, insinuation, they insinuate later on, especially once he has already gouged out his own eyeballs and stuff, that the ship literally called to him when it had come back from, like, space hell um, you know, to, like, come back to it. Um, I think he refers to the ship in a female sense at, at one point. I feel like all ships are female. Um, I think that's accurate. Hi. Sure. Sure. Whatever. Um, but, like, if the reason he wanted to go back and, like, also this crew, how were they assembled? That was never really properly explained. Did no. he hire them? No. Did right. So so because like they at, at at certain points they make it seem based on interactions that he had like hired them to take him to the ship. But then ultimately, I think I know and correct me if I'm wrong here that he was just asked as a part of this crew because he created the ship to go back to it to investigate. Right. I think so, or at least salvage the wreckage or yeah. some shit like that. But, like, also, um, I have another qualm about the distress signal. How uh-huh. come the distress signal did not work prior to that? Because they were in space hell. <laughs> but, like, the whole time they were on the fucking ship. Like, that would have been the first thing I did was, like, okay, we're going to board the ship. We're going to hit this distress signal so that way we can get more people here. It'll take 50-something days, but we can hang out on our own ship for that long. Oh, yeah. Okay, I got you. You know what I mean? Like, we don't... Five-man crew for this giant-ass fucking ship? As soon as, like, I saw that there was no living life on there, I would have been like, well, I guess this is just, uh, like, a salvage mission, and none of us need to be here, so let's get the fuck out. But then, like, also... Their ship gets destroyed, kind yeah, of. The Lewis and Clark. Yeah. Also, I love how it was called the Lewis and Clark. Like, okay, get over yourself. Like, ha 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 ha. But like, also, like the manner in which their ship is destroyed, 
was never fully fleshed out. It's just like, oh Oof. no, it's broken. It's broken. We have to Face fix waves. it. Like, yeah, like the it, yeah. It was like a hell wave. A hell wave came through the hell portal, and did like a radioactive thing and broke the Lewis and it, Clark. Yeah, it did a big boom, and then. And then it was broken, then it had a hole, and they're like, okay, well, we only have 17 hours to fix it. So they spend 17 hours fixing it, and then they end up blowing it up anyway. Right, and then it's like, okay, cool. Um, Like, what the fuck is that shit? And then, like, they had to do that stupid thing that they do uh, ever since they did it. Okay, it wasn't stupid in the original Friday the 13th, but then it became a trope where at the end of the movie someone is in a state of sleep or um you know healing from a traumatic experience and they have a dream of some sort where their pursuer even though they've already been eliminated is coming back to get them and they had to do that stupid thing where they were in hypersleep they wake up a lady scientist is like cough 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 i'm coming out of my fishbowl and then and then the one dude pops open his space helmet and it's space hellraiser and she's like holy fuck i'm scared you gave me a fright and then she wakes up again and she's like oh jk ha 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 um then that same thing happen in virus basically i think so yeah and that's the movie very 90s trope very 90s trope um not Jamie Lee Curtis's best work, but we're also not going to talk about that movie right now for a couple of different reasons. Hashtag. Uh, um, so, yeah, I mean, that is Event Horizon. Um, That's it. That's all she wrote. I mean, honestly, if it was a space opera, it could literally just be called Hellraiser in space. Um I'd, Except, I'd watch it. I did. I would watch it. It was fine. There's, there's no human pudding in this one. Um, That's true. But uh, what are you going to do? N- um, pumpkins? Yeah, pumpkins. Um, I'll give it a solid three. Like, it's not bad. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to agree. It's not the worst. It's worth an hour and a half of your time if you've got nothing going on. Right. And, like, here's the thing. We are in the age of streaming. We are all, like, still mostly hunkered down because of COVID. There are plenty of other good things to watch. So, like, if you have other plans and or movies that you want to watch, go for it. But if you're having, like, a stupid horror marathon, don't be expecting to be, like, super duper scared by this. But it's a good space thriller. Ish. Yeah, it's very Dead Space in Space. Yeah, movie. Um, Dead Space in Space. The movie. Um, remember Movie Phone? I remember having to call Movie Phone. Yeah, welcome to Movie Phone. And then you had to listen to like five freaking uh, yeah. audio coming attractions. And, like, for shit you didn't want to listen to. Like, I just want to know what time yeah. Lion King is on. I don't, need, I don't yeah. need to know. Yeah. This is true. You know what's funny, though? So, I, obviously, I have the Google search for Event Horizon pulled up. The third picture in the images category. Is it Mr. Movie Phone? No, it's um, a picture of Pinhead. 
<laughs> fucking dumb. Like, also, do you remember that time we used to be able to go to the movies? Yeah, I really enjoyed that because I like going to the movies. It's like, it, it's one of the only American rituals we have left that is like purely wholesome. I don't think we have it anymore. I think it's I, over with. I, it will not be the same for a long Maybe time. Maybe next year. I mean, if ever again, who knows? But um, I, I honestly think that the film industry as in like film to theater industry is going to suffer so dramatically that there's only going to be like a few left right and that's probably going to be all like amc or amc branded or something because i don't think so i think amc is going to go bankrupt tbh which one is the monopoly is it amc or is it amc i don't think it's cinemark yeah so like Whichever one has all the things under its umbrella is probably going to be. I think it's fine. AMC. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, I clicked on that picture of Pinhead. So apparently there is a fan theory that Event Horizon is a gateway to Hellraiser. Okay. Um, I'll take it. It's basically what we said. I'll take it. Um, I do not find it necessary to delve into this further but maybe it's just the fact that Hellraiser was one of the things that they took inspiration from however maybe don't outright copy it so much um, maybe don't carve up a dude's body and make him naked. yeah I didn't ask for that I didn't ask for that mm. is that it? is that all she wrote? I mean, honestly, what else is there to discuss here? That is Event Horizon, ladies and gentlemen. Um, you know what we haven't done in a while? Yeah. We haven't done recommendations in a while. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to recommend um, Monet Exchange and Bob's Drag Queen's podcast. It's called Sibling Rivalry. Mm-hmm. Um, I binged that. I haven't watched a lot of TV recently. Just haven't. Um... There's a show on HBO Max called, I think it's called Love Life with Anna Kendrick. Yes. Mm-hmm. Pretty into that. On the list. Haven't it's watched it yet. It's very good. It's very, very good. Um, it's very much her, like, diving into her own love life. And, like, spoiler alert, in the first episode, like, you find out she's pregnant and you have to figure out who the baby daddy is. Oh. And it's very good. Um, it. But it explores more than just, like, romantic love. It explores platonic love. Mm-hmm. Like, her love with her best friend, who is toxic. Oh. In, like, an upsetting way. And, like, it's... it's she's toxic to herself and, like, how it ripples out into her friendships. Yeah. And it's very good. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed that. What else have we been watching? I've been watching a lot of, um, like kids horror ne- movies with my nephew mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so we watched Halloween tree the other day um he watched the witches again Ugh, that movie good movie I know he watched it he's seen it twice so I guess he liked it good stuff um, yeah stuff I think that's all I have I've I delved really hard into um sibling rivalry and I was like I can't listen to anything else until I finish this mm-hmm that's because I'm psychotic and I need to do that. That's totally fine. I get that. Um, it's what I need to do to feel sane, I guess. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Everyone has their own relationship with um, 
multimedia entertainment, you know? Oh, um, Voices for Justice podcast. Delicious. Wonderful. Okay. Um, worth checking out. It's this uh, story of Alyssa Turney and um, how her sister Sarah is basically vying for her justice. Um, because it's been like 18 years and she's still missing. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've definitely gotten into a lot more like unsolved mystery stuff literally because of the new unsolved mysteries. Um, I watched all six episodes of that very quickly on the Netflix. That was good. Yeah. I was disappointed um, how little of them there were. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, you know, it's Netflix. I'm sure there will be more, but like, you didn't like, you literally don't have a host, so, like, there, th- th- there's got to be less editing and stuff. So who knows? I don't know. Um, that guy definitely killed his wife. Uh, yes. The one where the mom is like, she jumps around from guy to guy and stuff. And then she settles with that one guy and she's like a hairdresser. Um, oh, not that. Oh, you're talking about that one. Yeah. That you think the husband killed her? Totally. Huh. I thought you were talking about the other one where the daughter and the husband went missing. Um... Like, I think it's episode five or something. But that one was crazy. Um, So y'all should go watch that. But um, I would say in general, we just invested in HBO Max like um, a week or so ago. Sure. We had HBO through Amazon channels. um, And then we were like, let's be honest. We really want to watch Legendary. Um, Have not seen yet. Uh, highly recommend Legendary. It's not necessarily the quickest watch because the episodes are long. Um, but, like, we watched it, like, I think, like, in three or four nights. Like, we watched a couple every night. Um, and it's fantastic representation, especially of the um, people of color, trans, queer community. Um, oh, I have seen one episode. Mm-hmm. And like, and it's also like, I think they taped it in New York, but like it highlights the ball culture all over the place, like all yes. over the world. Um, and how it has evolved into a place that can be safe for everyone in terms of like feeling as a part of a family. And like, you get to know the houses and their struggles, both personal and as a house. And it's great. I'm just confused why they picked um, the people that are the judges to be the judges. Um, There were some guest judges that I wished were full-time judges. Um, Speaking of that, um, Dominique Jackson from Pose was one of the guest judges. Yes. And if you have not seen season one or season two of Pose, you need to watch that immediately. Magical. I don't think, I don't, if I said this last week, I don't care. I'm saying it again. I have not cried as hard and as full with all of my heart as I did 
during two specific episodes of season two of Pose. And I don't know why it clicked with me. I mean, I kind of know why it clicked with me so hard. But, like, oh, my God, the show is perfect. It's perfect, and there's heartache, and it was wonderful. Um, And I hope there's a season three, but I'm not going to lie. If there's not, I am pretty happy with the way season two ended. Um, So go watch Pose. Um, In terms of other things... I've gotten hooked on this new podcast called Bananas. Okay. Um, it's one of the Exactly Right Network podcasts, okay. that being of my favorite murder fame. Um, and it's two comedians who are like, you know, best friends. And they basically just highlight really ridiculous news stories of the week. Oh, like, okay. Like really stupid ones. Like, baby goat is the mayor of a town somewhere or like stupid things um and it's lighthearted and it's lovely but at the same time they do get into things that aren't always so lighthearted but i love when that happens um much like in horror movies you know um science versus is very good too i love science versus longtime fan um I don't know. I guess, like, I don't think I've been consuming anything else. Um, I started watching X-Files again from the beginning. Um, Season one's really hard to get through. Yeah. That baby Um, Seth Green, though. Yeah, that's literally the last episode I watched yesterday. And then I was like, Mama needs a break. Um, You can only really watch, like, three at a time. And, like, here's the thing. I actually really like it. And I started this journey, I think, like, a year and a half ago when we still lived in our old apartment. Um, And I don't remember if I skipped season one because one of my friends told me to or if I just have no recollection whatsoever of season one. But it starts out, like much further into the weeds than I remember it, which is a good thing. Cause it's like character happening, boom. But then like, uh, it's, it, it's a long hour every time, you it know, is. it's hardy. And, and I, I've always worshiped the powerful female. Um, if I've said it once, I'll say it again, but I do think in the last year or so, my heart and soul as like a fully fledged will fight for you feminist um, has really blossomed. And it's really hard to watch some of the shit that Scully goes through because she's basically like the show's punching bag for misogynism, for... Like, why is she in her underwear right now for she's being abducted because she's a woman and she's weak? Um, You know, all those things. And knowing my knowledge of what happens in season two, because I remember that a little bit better, like, I already know there's so much shit coming down the line for her. Like, how did she, like, how did Scully never quit? 
I don't know, man. Persistence. Like so, so much persistence. And I respect that, but it's going to be a challenge to get through. But like, I, I am fully committed to it this time because where the fuck else am I going on the weekend? Nowhere. Nowhere. Especially, Nowhere. especially for the next two weekends. Cause we need to self quarantine because Arthur might have COVID, but hopefully he doesn't. Um, and with that, I'm going to shut up. So that's it. So I think that is it. Yeah. So um, let us know your opinions and thoughts on Event Horizon. Um, I would 110% um, ask you to please send in your suggestions for movies for future episodes. And also, like getting back to Paranormal Pansies, what would be super fun is to do episodes of listener stories because we know y'all have had spooky things happen too so let us know and we'll read you your shit um and i think that is ultimately everything that we could possibly say right now okay pumpkins we will uh catch you next time and uh keep on creeping on yeah love you bye bye for listening to copulators die first you can find us at copulatorsdiefirst.com on instagram at copulators die first pod and on twitter at cdf pod if you would please go comment rate and subscribe on your favorite listening application and please remember stay happy healthy and hydrated love your big gay uncles. <laughs>